Evil cannot hide from me. No secret is secret from me. The truth of your guilt will always be revealed to me. I am the Jewel. The Jewel is brought to you by Bijou Lux Jewelers, home of the most exquisite gems in the finest settings. Right now, Bijou Lux is offering a limited edition amethyst pendant just like the jewels, set in exquisite filigreed sterling silver. Visit your local Bijou Lux for yours. Quantities are limited. The Jewel, Phantom Defender of Justice, is in reality Dr. Beryl Morgan, famed archaeologist. One day, during a dig in a secret location somewhere in the Pacific, she unearthed a strange violet stone set in an ancient pendant. The stone glowed at her touch, but no one else's. Amar the Mystic, Beryl's faithful friend and partner in the Morgan Museum, recognized the pendant. He told her that the stone possessed strange and powerful qualities, but it would only work for the one it chose. Beryl tried it and found that she could read Amar's every thought. She vowed to use the stone's power only for good. With that, the jewel was born. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, and lady. Sorry about that, Sergeant Howe. I'm not used to having a woman in the ranks. Neither are we, and we don't want to get used to it. What was that, Mulaney? Uh, nothing, sir. I hope not. I hear anything disrespectful from any of you, and you'll be on report. There's nothing major on the hot sheet today. A stolen car, a stop sign that was smashed by a hit-and-run driver, report of a pickpocket down in the waterfront, and a couple of stolen toy trains. Because it's so quiet, I think it's a good time for a change. I want you all to switch partners, find someone you've never worked with before. I call Joe. I call Fred. Hey, look! Smith got stuck with the girl. Sure glad it wasn't me. Me too. Enough! I will not tolerate that kind of behavior. Sergeant Howe has proven she is a valuable member of this force, and you will treat her as such, or you will be punished or even released. That's it. Go out there and make Bristolport the safe place we claim it is. Sergeant Howe, Sergeant Smith, stick around for a minute, please. Look, I know you're not happy about this arrangement, Smith, but it is what it is. You're actually luckier than the rest. Howe is not only the smartest detective I've ever seen, she's also tough. That's why we brought her in before graduation. Take a look at her case files if you don't believe me. If either of you get any ribbon from the others... Or worse, you report it to me right away. Understood? Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, sir. <sighs> I'm sorry about this, Betty. Thanks, but not your fault. You can't force them to change their opinion about women in the force just by telling them to. I can't say I like it, but I knew it would happen. I don't like it either, and I won't tolerate it. I'll punish anyone who gives you a hard time. The commissioner backs me up on that. I think be better if I just prove they can't live without me. 
You lay into them, and they'll just resent me more. You're probably right. Alright, I won't do anything. For now. I see something I don't like, and justice will be swift, however. Thanks, Chief. Nice to know you have my back. Know this, though. I see something I don't like, and punishment will be coming from me. What an innovative idea, Lorelei. I agree. Ancient travel will make a very popular exhibit. Thanks! Grandmother Howe gifting me the Roman chariot for finishing my master's degree early is what gave me the idea. I'm glad you agreed to let me display it here. I don't know what we would have done with it. <laughs> it would make a very unusual and large sitting room decoration. I'm glad you're letting us borrow it. It reminded me how many other items we have to do with travel, from sedan chairs to ginger jars and scraps of fabric. We'll have to do up some maps of the Silk Road and spice roots. Oh, one of my very favorite things to do. I even have some papyrus I can use and special inks and gold leaf. Ooh, I can get to work on them right away. You'll have to work fast. We have my wedding next week and Mordonia after that. That's right, Farley's wedding. Have you talked to her? Is she excited or terrified? I talked to her yesterday. I'd say terrified is a pretty accurate description. It's not being married. It's the ceremony. She doesn't even like the idea of wearing a dress. I can't blame her for that. I wear dungarees every chance I get. Betty doesn't like it much. She thinks I have a great figure and I should show it off. Lorelai? What's wrong? Poor Betty. The other detectives are giving her a really hard time right now just because she's a girl. It really hurts her, too, but she'll never admit that. It's so dumb. People should be able to do whatever they're good at. Agreed. Did you read her heart, or did you feel it? Felt it. I didn't try to. It just came at me like a big wave. It was too big to block. <sighs> this is when I really hate being a mystic. I want to support her, but I can't because she'll know I found out the wrong way. What do I do? Hmm. I believe it is time for another lesson. There is a way to send, if you will, as well as receive. I also believe it is time for you to start assisting me, Beryl. We can plan the new exhibit room at the same time. Well... That's a light caseload to report. I'm sure you'll get busier when the Christmas rush starts. Is there something else, Seamus? You seem down in the dumps. The narrow-mindedness of our detectives is getting to me. They don't accept Betty no matter what Anderson does or says. I just don't know what to do anymore. I certainly don't want to lose her. She's the best we have by far. I'd say treat her like that, then. Make her a special unit and give her all the best cases. Oh, the boys might resent that. Too bad. They don't want to play nice, they won't get the ball. I have a feeling that when they've seen her solve a couple of tough cases, they'll start coming around. In the meantime, you and Anderson and I will be very public about our support of Betty specifically and equality in the workplace in general. Hmm. Aye. Excellent point. You really are a great Mary. <laughs> Thanks. Good thing for all of us, as I now I'm going to have the job for real, huh? <laughs> Do you have a case you can give Betty? Hmm. I have an odd one for sure. Two home break-ins have been reported in the last couple of days. The only things that seem to have been stolen in both cases are the cabooses from toy trains. Other still, both cabooses, or what was left of them, was found nearby. 
They've been ripped apart. Anderson thinks they're just pranks, but uh, I'm not so sure. That is odd. Sounds to me like someone hid something in a caboose, but who would do that? Not to mention how or why. It's not the most serious of cases, but it sure is right down Betty's alley. I definitely put her on it. I agree with all of that, and Anderson has already put her on it. At uh, my direction. <clears throat> She's heading out to the victims this morning to do more interviews. Speaking of Anderson, I'd, uh, I'd better go tell him what we discussed. Please do. He's a good man, but he still needs a bit of guidance. Would you send Doris in on your way out? <laughs> Are you sure you want me to do that? No, but I have notes to go over with her. I'm stuck with her, by the way. Unbreakable city contract. Do you know she's been secretary to the mayor for 20 years? That's right. She was my secretary. You should give her a chance in that case, Ray. The same way we're giving the detectives a chance. She needs time to recover and get used to having to having a human for a boss. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Thanks for the reminder. Update me later. You wanted to see me, Mr. Mayor, sir? Yes, Doris. Have a seat. I need to give you some notes. And please, call me Ray when it's just the two of us. We are a team, after all. Oh, Mayor Lawrence, I don't know. That's so different than what I'm used to. Really? <laughs> really? I'm not Smythe, and I never will be. That is so true. You're much taller, and you never smoke cigars in the office. I just can't stand that smell. We're some wet sheep, and believe you me, that's an awful smell. I'm sure it is. Probably right up there with chum. Chum? Hunks of raw fish fishermen use to catch bigger fish, or sharks, or things like that. Ew. Oh, before I forget, an Arthur LeBrun called while you were in your meeting with Commissioner Hardy. You should call him back right away. I'm sure he's a very important man. Okay, that's it. Ever since I took office, you have proclaimed that everyone is important. Everyone but me, that is. How is it that everyone takes precedence over the mayor? Well, I, I, you see, mayor's might always... Oh, dear! Oh, boy. I've really put my foot in it now. How am I going to fix this one? have any kind of burglar alarm, Mrs. Blaine? No, no. Nothing like that. Wouldn't even have occurred to us. We're not wealthy. There's nothing here that's valuable for enough for something like that. It's just the strangest thing. Why would someone break in and steal a child's toy? I don't know yet, but I'm going to find out. I have two more questions. What brand of train is it? <laughs> it's a Tiger O. The best brand there is. Timmy's grandmother gave it to him for his birthday. Do you have any idea where she purchased it? She bought it at Gumpert's. She was lucky to get it, too. The sets are so popular, Gumpert's was completely sold out in days. And she gave me the receipt just in case one of the pieces came up defective. I have it right here, in fact. Would you like it? Please, and thanks. I have no more questions, Mrs. Blaine. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. You know, I almost didn't report this. It's, it seems so silly. Always report break-ins. Something that seems minor might end up being major. That you're the second one to report the same kind of break-in is enough for us to take notice. I didn't know there had been two. Good gracious. 
Now I'm very glad I said something. First a toy train, next possibly a home safe or something. Our thoughts exactly. I doubt you'll get another visit, but if you see or hear anything even a little suspicious, you call right away. Here's my card so you have the number handy. Thank you, Sergeant Howe. And uh, may I say, I think it's wonderful to have a lady police officer on the force. I feel so much more comfortable talking to you than one of those big burly men. I appreciate you saying that. Have a good day. A Tiger O Super Chief Deluxe set, according to this receipt. Same as the set of the other victim. The other set was purchased at Gumpert's too, just a week or so before this one. I think I need to pay a visit to my old friend Mr. Braithwaite, Gumpert's general manager. I helped him out last Christmas catching pickpockets, so now he can return the favor. Wait, is someone following me? I wasn't imagining it. There is someone following me. I can see him in the reflection in the shop window. He's about six feet tall, tan trench coat, fedora pulled low so his face can't be seen. (laughs) Someone's seen too many movies. Well, there's a way to follow a follower, and I'm going to do just that. by the mayor's mansion today. It looked like the entire kitchen was laid out in the backyard. Is it going to be ready in time for us to move in come the first of the year? I'll get tired of eating out very quickly. What? How could you get tired of Harry's lamb chops? This mint jelly. Mm. I could get tired of anything if I had to do it every night. As for that jelly, I could make much better, providing I had a kitchen. I take food items for Christmas gifts, just so you know. Don't worry, all the contractors will be done and out by Christmas. I've already lined up the movers for our stuff, and the house staff has been told to report for work starting the day after New Year's. I wish we didn't have to have house staff, but I know they're required. They'll just be working weekdays. We'll have the place to ourselves at night and weekends. You hardly know they're there. Speaking of staff, I need your advice. I really screwed up with Doris today, and I don't know how to fix it. Uh-oh. What did you do? She told me Artie called and said I should call him back right away. She was sure he was an important man. I lost my patience and finally asked her why everyone else but me was important. Uh-oh. Yeah. She burst into tears and ran out of my office. She wouldn't talk to me the rest of the day except to announce calls. What do I do? I feel bad I hurt her feelings, but I don't want to apologize because I really am tired of being treated like a second-class citizen. Well, you should start by bringing her flowers in the morning. Then, I think you two should sit down and have a heart-to-heart. You've been avoiding confronting this issue for too long, but you need to have the conversation in a calm, adult manner, and you need to tell her exactly what you expect from her. She can't do what you want if you don't tell her. And you need to give her a chance to explain. There might be a good reason why she says what she says. The advice of a true sage. I'll do all of that. Wish you could be there for that meeting. I will be. Even if not in person. You can send your spirit to my office? No, silly. My love for you is always in your heart. Oh, Beryl. (laughs) 
Thanks for meeting me. You're welcome. So why am I meeting you in the makeup department at Gumpert's just before closing? Some guy in a trench coat and fedora has been following me all day. I want to turn the tables on him. Sorry I had to drag you into this, but I couldn't get back up. Always happy to help. You know that. I get it. And I'm sorry, too. Trench coat and fedora, huh? Oh, brother. You want me to search his mind to find out who he is? No, thanks. I'll handle the identification the old-fashioned way. Here's the plan. We'll go outside, you distract him so I can get past, then I'll come up from behind and grab him. Once I have him, go on home. Okay. Will you be home for dinner? I'm making seafood pot pie. Artie gave me a bunch of his bycatch. Mussels, scallops, squids, even a monkfish. I'm making some for him, too, to thank him. You bet. I'd never miss that. Here, take this. What is it? Just a blank piece of paper. I want him to think you're in on something. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> Gee, excuse me for being in your way, sir. What's your hurry? Well, well. Flimpid pools have nothing on your blues. I'd love to stop and dive into them, but uh, I have a... I have to catch a bus. You must be new around here. Bus stop is a block in the other direction. Hmm. You don't say. Maybe you could walk me... Hey! Uh, what gives? Easy on the arm you're twisting back there. I only have one on that side. Then I'd stop struggling if I were you. I'm good, Lord. Okay. Dinner should be ready by seven. I, I, I was waylaid by a female? You have, you, have, you have one heck of a grip for a woman. I also have one heck of a grip for a police officer. Sergeant Elizabeth Howe of the Bristolport Police. Who are you, and why have you been following me? Why? I, uh, I have a professional interest in toy trains and the people who are interested in them, and as for who I am, I'd be happy to show you my credentials, but uh, I'm a little tied up right now. Uh, right inside breast pocket if you'd prefer to do the honors. I would. Stand still. The lump you keep getting nudged with is my gun, and I use it as well as I use my grip. Ruby, I think you've finally found your match. You're William Ruby, the private detective? Present and accounted for. Didn't know my reputation had preceded me. I've heard your show on the radio. Here, have your wallet back. What are you doing in Bristolport, Mr. Ruby? Uh, call me Will. All my friends do, and you're definitely someone I want on that list. I was hired by a wealthy toy train nut to track down the person responsible for wrecking his caboose. Uh, the one on his train, that is. Don't tell me. Let me guess. He got the train set here at Gumpert's. Tough, smart, and beautiful. Please, tell me I can add single to that list. Sorry, but you're out of luck on that one. Let's stick to business. I noticed you said wrecking, not stealing. Did your client happen to find his caboose near his home with the roof ripped off? I don't know how you knew that, but yes. Look, I know this is nutty and probably a waste of time, but when someone is willing to pay me $100 a day plus expenses for nutty and a waste of time, I just jump right in. It might be nutty, but I don't think it's a waste of time. I think something bigger is going on, and so do my bosses, which is why I was assigned to this case. It's why you took the case, too. You're starting to scare me, Sergeant Howe. Are you sure you're human? <laughs> I'm sure. I'd better bring you to the commissioner and make introductions. Not all of the cops around here are as nice as I am, and one of them might think you're the perpetrator. Oh, 
Ugh. I can't get over how well built these toy cabooses are. How did Earl get in one? This one is extra tough. Ugh. Oh, there. Now to sneak a peek under the roof. At... Nothing. I'm not to try again tomorrow night. Aren't you a little old to be playing with toys? I am. Um, I'm, I'm not playing with it. <laughs> I'm um, fixing it. My little nephew broke it the other day, and my sister asked me to fix it. Behind the Palmer Mansion, in the middle of the night. Come now, Bert, you can make up a better excuse than that. Well, say, who are you? How do you know my name? We have a friend in common, Bert, or did. Earl Pringle was a friend of mine, too. A very good friend. I was crushed to find out he passed away. I understand you and he not only worked together, but roomed together. Earl and I used to work and room together, too. Vita Salvo! That's right, Bert. I was sorry Earl had to take the heat for our last job, but he was dumb enough to get caught. The thing is, he had the loot, and I know he managed to hide it before the cops got him. I also know it was never recovered. I think he told you where he hid it. No, Vita, I swear he didn't. Sure. That's why you're messing with toys. Tell Vita what he told you, Bert. Nothing. <gasps> Vita, that's a gun. Smart boy. It's loaded, too. Still gonna tell me he didn't tell you? Okay, okay. He really didn't tell me a thing. I, I didn't even know he was an ex-con. Not at first. We got to be pals not long after he started working at Gumpert's Warehouse. When he told me he needed a place to flop, I offered to share my room. That's when he told me he had been in stir. I heard him talking in his sleep one night, just before he passed. Something about a, a ticket and a caboose, and I, I kind of put two and two together. I swear that's all I know. Unfortunately, I believe you. That means you've got a partner in this little hunt now, Bert. I've waited too long to get my hands on what's mine. You're going to get me a job at this Gumpert's, and I'm going to help you get cabooses. What happens if we find the loot? Maybe I give you a share, or maybe I kill you. You'll find out. <laughs> Good morning, Amar. Morning, Lorelei. I take it you did not sleep well. No. I hardly had a chance to sleep at all, not with all the excitement going on. Excitement? It started when Betty realized she was being followed. She called and asked me to help her catch the guy. Turns out she was being followed by William Ruby, the famous private detective. He was hired for the same case Betty's working on. Something about toy cabooses. Next thing I know, I have a house full of people that I have to cook for. Then, right after dinner is served, they all ran out because another caboose has been stolen. Betty didn't make it home until about 2 a.m. I am sure that what you just said makes sense to someone. <clears throat> uh, good morning, Dr. Beryl. Good morning. What Lorelei said makes sense to me because I was there for part of it. There's been a rash of odd robberies. Houses were broken into and only the cabooses from toy train sets were stolen. The cabooses were later found nearby, all pulled apart. Betty brought Will to Seamus for introductions, and Seamus called Ray. 
We all went over to Lorelei and Betty's to discuss and have dinner. Another caboose was stolen last night while we ate. It was too bad everyone had to leave so fast. That was the best seafood pot pie I've ever had. Thanks, Beryl. Glad you liked it. I brought the leftovers for our lunch. Toy cabooses and pot pie. Oh, no wonder you are in a tizzy, Lorelei. We should postpone our mystic work until tomorrow. You must be very distracted. I'd really like to work. The thing that's distracting me most is a feeling of foreboding. Something's going to happen. I'm sure of it. And it's going to take all three of us to keep that something from turning bad. I have to agree with her. I'm getting that same vibration. Why don't we start pulling things for the new exhibit while we talk? That should give Lorelei some focus. As I am receiving that same vibration, I am in agreement. But should we not wait for Ray and Betty for coffee? No, it's just the three of us this morning. Betty and Will wanted to get an early start, and Ray has a very important meeting to attend. This is the screwiest case I've ever seen. How is it that four houses can be broken into and not one occupant hear or see a thing? Either they're all really heavy sleepers, or the guy we're looking for is a professional. That part doesn't matter anymore, though. Not now. No? Why is that? The stop I made at Gumpert's department store earlier wasn't to shop for dresses. The general manager owed me a favor, and I cashed in. This is the list of everyone who purchased a Tiger O Super Chief Deluxe set in the past three months. Names and addresses. You little genius, you. That's not all I got. The question of why toy cabooses has been driving me nuts. Conclusion? Something was hidden in a toy caboose. Who even could hide something in a toy caboose? Who had unsupervised access to the train sets? Sales clerks wouldn't, but the warehouse men would. There are three men who are assigned to the toy section at Gumper's big warehouse down by the docks. There were four, but the fourth passed away unexpectedly a couple of weeks ago. At the risk of repeating myself, you little genius, you. I say we go to the warehouse and see what we can dig up about that fourth worker, if that's amenable to you, Sergeant Howe. Great minds think alike. I had the same idea. By the way, my friends call me Betty. Will. Okay. Betty. Will and Betty. Sounds like a great team to me. Betty and Will. And I'm still attached. Let's go. Good morning, Mr. Mayor, sir. Someone left you flowers. Where would you like me to put them? Uh, They're not for me. They're from me to you. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings yesterday, Doris. That was never my intention. Oh, but Mr. Mayor, sir, you you shouldn't have... uh, Thank you. I... uh, Yes, I should have. And you're welcome. Please, have a seat. Well, okay. But you didn't need to apologize to me, Lawrence. You're my boss, and what you say goes. Ray, Doris, I'm another human being, not someone posing for his statue. I realized yesterday the big problem here is that you're so used to being mistreated by ex-Mayor Smythe that you don't know any other way to react. Well, that's part of the big problem. The other part is that I didn't tell you what my expectations of you are. Something I should have done my first day as mayor. I'm sorry for that as well. Oh, May, Ray, there really is no need for this. I'm just your secretary. There is nothing just about you. You are just as valuable to me as Commissioner Hardy. 
that being said, I do have preferences about how things are done around here. Before I tell you what they are, though, I want to hear how you used to do things for Smythe. Really? Everything? Uh-oh. Yes, everything. Well, since you asked, my duties are pretty much the same, but how I did them was different. Do you know he insisted on being treated like a real king? I didn't have to call him your highness, but he always told me to make people wait for him, even if he wasn't doing a thing. And I had to tell him they were important if I was going to get them in at all. And he never said please or thank you. Between you and me, he was not a very nice man. Oh, I know. Anything else? I wasn't going to say anything, but it's been weighing on me, and I suppose, as he's in jail, it doesn't matter. He doesn't know I know, of course, but I saw it with my own eyes. I'm sure you found it already. Uh, saw what? Why, the secret compartment in the bottom right-hand drawer. Mayor shouldn't have secret compartments, if you ask me. So sneaky, maybe even dishonest. I'm sure you'd never use it for nefarious means. I've always wondered what was in it, though. Well, I'll be. Holy smokes. Seamus, come to my office right away. You're not going to believe what I just found. And bring a fingerprint team. Doris, I'm raising your salary. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Ray. What on earth did you find in there that made you so happy? So far, cash, lots of it, and a little black ledger book. I have a feeling there's a lot more under that. Enough to prove my theories about Smythe's crooked dealings. You have just blown a major case wide open, my dear Miss Himplemeyer. Well, I never. Really? Well, what do you know? If that drawer is full of crime, then I wonder... Do you suppose that I could possibly get a new chair for my desk if I told you about the recording equipment hidden in the books behind you? Boyd. Hey, Boyd Hanson. Come here a minute. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yes, sir. Uh, what is it? Uh, this is Sergeant Howe, detective with the Bristol Port Police. She wants to ask you some questions about Earl. And this is Private Detective William Ruby. Is there a place we can talk privately? Yeah. The break room here is empty. In here. You're... You're really William Ruby. Yeah, and she's really a cop, so tell the truth and no wisecracks. We understand you knew uh, Earl Pringle? Sure. We, we work together right here. And you two also shared a room? Well, uh, yeah, but not for long. He passed away, you know. A heart attack. We know. Did you know he was an ex-con? Yeah. He, uh, he told me not long before he passed. Did he tell you anything else? Like, maybe about his obsession with toy trains? Hey, Bert. Oh, excuse me. I didn't know you had company. Everything okay? Uh, sure, Veda. Everything's fine. We're just having a little talk. <laughs> He'll be done in a few minutes. Would you please excuse us? Of course. Let me know if you need any help, Bert. I've got your back. I really need to get back to work. Keep your shirt on, Mr. Hansen. Your boss knows where you are. Please answer the question, Mr. Hansen. Did Mr. Pringle share any personal information or personal items with you? Uh, <laughs> no, he, he didn't talk much. Uh, 
As for his stuff, you cops came in and took the little he had in our room. He didn't give me nothing. I, I really gotta get back. And I really gotta get That's you. fine, Mr. Hansen. We're done here for now. Thank you for your time. Why did you let him go? He told us more than he knew he was telling. Let's get outside and I'll explain. So, what did you hear that I didn't? Not hear. Saw. I saw a man who got really scared when that woman came in, and I don't blame him. Know who that was? No. Wait. Wait, it, it's coming to me. Like a bad case of indigestion. That was Vita Salvo, Earl's girlfriend and partner in the bank heist he was sent to jail for. Exactly. Earl's name rang a bell for me when I saw it on the warehouse list, so I looked it up. He was convicted for a bank robbery in Boston a few years back. The money was never recovered. Vita being here is no accident. They're after the bank loot, I'm sure of it. Earl must have given Bert some kind of clue as to where he hid it. Hmm. Makes sense to me. How did such a babe in the woods get so smart? I was born that way. How did a smart guy like you get so cocky? Lots of trial and... error. <laughs> I found that straight man just doesn't work for me. I say we stick to Mr. Hansen like the best mucilage. He and his pal are going to panic and hit the train owners even harder. Agreed. But let's map out a strategy with the commission. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to hedge our bet. What was that all about? That was the police. And William Groby, the private detective. They're onto us, Vita. I just know they are... What are we going to do? Not panic, for starters. We'll just have to work fast. Hit a bunch of places tonight before they can catch us. How many more are on the list? Four. One of them we don't dare touch, though, so I, I hope what we're looking for isn't there. What do you mean, can't touch? Who can't we touch? The head of the Bristol Port Police, Chief Anderson. You don't say. Ha! <laughs> I say, not only do we touch him, we do him first. Everyone would think we're not dumb enough to try and break into a cop's house so they won't be watching it. So that's where we go first. The minute it's dark enough. This is unbelievable. Evidence that not only was he taking bribes, he was hip deep in graft. I'm almost afraid to hear the tapes you found. How could we not have known about all of this? Why didn't Doris tell us? We might have to charge her for withholding evidence. Nah, she thought we had found all the stuff already when we searched the office. I'm not going to tell her that we weren't clever or deviant enough to think of secret drawers or hollowed out books. I'll be checking every nook and cranny now, though. And I'll help. Mayor Smythe is about to have a longer sentence and a lot of company. Mayor Ray, Sergeant Howe and Mr. Ruby are here to see Commissioner Hardy. They say it's urgent. Maybe they got a break in the caboose case. Let them in. Thanks, Doris. Mayor Ray? It's a compromise. I like it a lot better than Mr. Mayor, sir. Betty, Will, you have good news, I hope? We sure have. We know not only who is behind the break-ins, but why. Commish, we're going to need a stakeout. Oh, you got it. Where and when? That's Shakespeare's rub. We have a choice of four locations. Four? We can't spare that many men. Can you narrow it down a wee bit? I don't see how. Wait, I do. 
Mind if I use your phone, Ray? Help yourself. Hi, Amar. It's Betty. May I speak to Lorelai? Thanks. Lorelai? What does a bubbly blonde archaeology not have to do with this? Does she channel the spirit of Ra or something? Not exactly, but you're closer than you know. Let's just call her one of our aces up our sleeves. There's about to be trouble. The vibration is almost overwhelming. Agreed. All will be well, however, as we will help. Something serious is happening. I just got a very strong vibration. What's going on? Betty just called. She figured out who's been stealing toy trains and why. She asked if I could tell which house is going to be hit next. I could. I could also tell something else, that she and Will are in danger. I couldn't see how, though. I think they're going to need the jewel to get them out of this one. Well, isn't it a good thing that he just happened to hear that? We'll wait for Dark and swoop in. I can see the danger, and it will not be that easy. It will require Lorelei to use her new skill to overcome the obstacle. Oh, I see what you mean. Lorelai, are you ready? I better had be. I can't let anything happen to Betts, or Will. You won't. We won't. I have a plan. I don't see anything yet. Do you? No. That boarding house is quieter than a mouse on Christmas Eve. You're sure they can't get out the back? Positive. I watched the landlady lock it. You forgot about the cellar door, lady cop. Aha! Don't move. This isn't a stick in my hand. You two bright stars are going to help us find what we're looking for. Bert, tie their hands. Then we'll head out. And where do you two bright stars intend to find what you're looking for? You'll see. Uh, first stop, uh, the police chief's house. Don't try any funny stuff. I have a gun, too. And I'm not afraid to use it. Let's go. Okay, Lore, now you can listen to my thoughts, because if you don't, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. They're headed to Chief Anderson's house, with us as hostages. It's happened just like you said it would, Jewel. They ambushed Betts and Will and took them hostage. They plan to make Betts and Will do their dirty work. They're headed here to Chief Anderson's house now. Good. Let Betty know that you heard her via the way Amar taught you, and that we are ready. Done. I'll be back. How did she tell Betty, anything. She doesn't have a (laughs) walkie-talkie. Don't question it, Harb. Just get used to it. The Jewel and his friends are a vital part of the Force. Ray, get down! I allowed you to be here only if you promised to stay out of sight. You're making me hate being Mayor right now. It is vital that you remain unknown to the would-be thieves, Mayor Lawrence. For your safety, your reputation, and your constituents. Yeah, yeah. Did I hear voices? Yes. Everyone, be as still as possible. 
Okay, lady cop. Where does the chief play with his trains? I have no idea. We're not on a first-name basis. Never mind a train-playing basis. Smart mouth again. You'll get more than that. Hey, now. You have to take out your aggressions. Take them out on me. My face is used to it. No one shall be harmed again in any way. Veda Salvo, Bert Hansen, your trail of crime stops here. Oh, no. Veda, it's the jewel. The what? I am the jewel, Veda Salvo. I see the truth in hearts of all. You robbed a bank in Boston five years ago and let your partner, Earl Pringle, take the blame. Now you seek the stolen money. You will not find it. That's what you think. I've got a gun trained on these two bright stars. You try and stop me and I'll shoot. No, you will not. And neither will you, Bert Hansen. I arrest you two for breaking and entering, theft, destruction of property, kidnapping, bank robbery, and anything else I can think of. Chief Anderson, take them away. Wait a moment, Commissioner Hardy. Did you find it, Lorelei? I sure did, Jewel. Right where I said it was. What did you find, Lorelei? Oh, just the thing all of those poor cabooses gave up their lives for. The claim ticket for a locker in the Bristolport bus station. No! no! A post-arrest coffee clutch. Hmm. I like it. Get a side of questions answered with your Java and crullers. So, uh... Was the loot in the locker? It sure was. It wouldn't have been much longer, though. The Transit Authority considers a locker abandoned after 90 days. They auction off the contents or surrender them to the police, depending on what's in them. The 90 days were up tomorrow. Sounds to me like it was Earl Pringle's way of giving the money back. Then why hide the clean ticket in a caboose? Just in case he had a change of heart, I bet. South America is lovely this time of year. Too bad he passed before he could make the choice. Not too bad for us, or the bank they robbed. Are you heading back to New York now, Will? Yep, I am. You're all lovely people, but uh, my socks need washing. Besides, I wouldn't stand a chance as a Seamus in this town, not with a brilliant young detective on the force and a squad of wizards as backup. Where did that jewel character go to, anyway? Nobody knows. He's as mysterious as he is powerful. All we know for sure about the jewel is that he's always there when we need him. That, and we're glad he's around. Good for a bad scrape, that's for sure. But I, for one, am the biggest fan of Betty's. She's the best darn detective I've ever had the pleasure to meet. I, uh, I happily second that, at the risk of tarnishing my own image. I third it. She's the best for a lot of reasons. Aww. You're the best for all of the other reasons. I say that we are all the best for any and all reasons. I'll drink coffee to that. This has been another episode of The Jewel, brought to you by Bijou Lux Jewelers and their limited edition of The Jewel's Pendant. Get yours today. Come back next time for a brand new episode, same time, same station.
Tonight's cast included Helen Alamano, Val Coons, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, Rachel Wasserman, and Keith Wright. Story by Val Coons. Sound patterns by Val Coons. The Jewel theme was written and performed by Marty Axelrod. This has been a Q Footsteps production. <laughs>